Welcome to Mac and Blue, the cutting-edge podcast for the nation's builders, merging the realms of construction with exciting advancements in technology. Join us on a thrilling journey where we delve into the dynamic world of blockchain, AI, the metaverse, virtual and augmented reality, and their transformative impact on the industry. Our engaging discussions span a wide spectrum, covering not only construction, economic development, supply chain, and market segments, but also exploring the vibrant tapestry of diversity within the construction landscape. We shed light on the intersection of local politics and its profound influence on the construction sector, while championing the remarkable contributions of women and minorities in construction. For all things Mac and Blue, head to www.macandblue.com, and don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. I'm your host, JJ Levinsky. Now let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mac and Blue. I'm your host, JJ Levinsky, CEO and co-founder of Blue Wave. Today, I have Heather Persson. Uh, she is the managing principal of Evolve Ventures, LLC. Welcome, That's Heather. Me. Thank you. Excited to be here. All right. This one's a little harder for me to remember, so I got to read some of her bio because she's like superwoman. It's kind of oh, this is embarrassing it, already. It's like, it's like her resume reads like you know doctor over here. Um, so over twenty five years in ex- of experience. Um, let's see, she has spearheaded the development of more than one hundred retail, office, hospitality, and multifamily properties throughout the Western United States. Prior to co-founding Evolve, she held roles as principal with Point B Property Development, a retail partner. Uh, with Phoenix-based commercial development and investment firm Via West Group, and a principal with Evergreen DevCo, who um, uh, most of us should probably know, regional retail and multifamily developer. Um, she graduated at the bottom of her class totally. from U of A, summa cum laude, <laughs> and she was in some sort of sorority that, you know, they had keggers every other weekend for obvious reasons. Um, another kind of cool thing, if you can't sense, I'm throwing some sarcasm in here because I can't make her up to be too perfect. Um <laughs> But the other cool one is um, heavily involved in Urban Land Institute, which I'm very familiar with. And then you're also, uh, I believe, sitting on the Maricopa uh, County Board of Adjustment. That is true. Listen, there's more here. She's just a rock star. Well, and thank she, you. And she's got a husband in our business, Matt, and three children. Are they yours or or are you claiming them this I week? I claim them most of the time. Okay. Yeah, they would probably. Um, are they claiming you? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's let's wait till we get through this interview. Yeah, if, we'll if, see. if we embarrass the kids, I'm, then I'm we'll told, find out. I'm told, Mom, that's so cringe on a fairly regular basis, and I don't mean to brag, but I can embarrass them just by breathing. Oh, so you that's know, awesome. It's working. Um, I have. I'm not big on education, but this one's always fun. Heather is. So you have a degree from U of A in psychology and French. How in the why? hell? And well, yeah, why? well, it's because it's cool. <laughs> it's cool, right? <laughs> um. But how in the hell did that transform into a transition into what you're doing now? Well, I think the psychology thing just works for everything. Like a lot Good of point. our jobs sometimes are therapists because <laughs> more like you 99%. Know, yeah, we're we're working with um it, and the French works. No one really speaks French, but I'm also a translator a lot of the times. You know, I'm working with engineers that speak one language and brokers and attorneys that speak another language and so um, it it actually does help, but um, I thought I would go get my MBA, so that's why I picked stuff oh. that I thought. Well, I'm, I don't want to sit here studying all the stuff I'm going to study later, and then I never went and got my MBA. But it's it's all still good. Yeah, you don't need one. Um, let's take um, some recent events and kind of work our way backward. You were just featured in PBJ. Um, like what I can't remember forty under forty or forty greatest oh, or wish. best women or I something. I wish forty under forty. Whatever. I, love I can't. You. Keep, I can't. <laughs> I can't keep track of all these no. these things. But you were just featured in there. Yes. And uh, congratulations. Thank you. Um. So you're you know you're you're no schmuck in the community, but but take us 
to in the most recent pass of Evolve, you started it. Mm -hmm. What does it entail? Um, so I started Evolve in 2019 okay. with Amy Malloy, who has um, a strong background, mostly in retail and also in the public sector. We met through ULI, which is oh. awesome. Um, and we just thought, hey, there's an idea here where we can provide out of the gate consulting services to owners, developers, investors, cities, and tenants, because we both had kind of the soup to nuts background in development. Mm -hmm. So we work on strategy, we do um, leasing oversight, working with the brokers and attorneys, um, designing construction management, entitlements, lots of entitlements. So it's kind of fun. We, we have been owners ourselves. We have a few projects of our own currently. And so we think we bring a good perspective and it's it's really been fun. We have a lot of fun projects we're working on and you know we get to work with so many different people. So it, it's, um, it's been good. What, what is, uh, where, where, where do people stereotype you? And I, I don't mean that in a negative way, I actually mean it in a positive mm -hmm. way. Like what's your vertical niche, if you will? Um, like asset class? Yeah, we could go yeah. there. And I, okay. I, we're just kind of digging for, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we we do a lot of retail because okay. both of us have a pretty strong background in retail. Um, but a lot of what we do really translates across asset classes. So I would say we're working in almost all of them now. Oh. And um, I love that because I think mixed <laughs> use is where everything is going. And so you can't just work on one thing yeah. and retail in particular I think is um, is very tricky it's very specific how a lot of the the end users need what their needs are you know with access and visibility and parking and signage and so that's you know leading a mixed-use development if you don't get that part right a lot of it can fall apart how oh boy I could go a million ways with that because you're spot on with that because um, I think we see, you know, if your husband was sitting here, uh, because we're in the same kind of cloth, I think we're seeing it from the construction side too. You know, it's yeah. like that that mixed use. If you're if you're a specialist in one, that, yeah, that can be good, but it can also be bad too. And you can't have you can't be too broad either. But no. it seems like, but the mixed use really seems to be coming together, like you said, and we we see it day in and day out. Um, go back to. Okay, go back to before you started Evolve from, from college to Evolve and when you were kind of going through those motions of, however, again, she's under 40, so we have to be care <laughs> careful of the years of experience here. Let's just say it's 20. Yes. <laughs> um, but what, if, if I go down more of the leadership uh, capacity and the, and the role, what did you learn in those 20 years specific to your industry? Because mm -hmm. you work for some, some pretty notable companies in town. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious on self-reflection what you got out of that. Well, I would say, you know, you. I started right out of college and I knew Jack. You know, <laughs> like I, most I of us. <laughs> very lucky that, you know, the three partners at Evergreen took a chance on me. And, you know, their MO at the time was to hire young people with an aptitude and they would kind of train us. And, and so I really feel like I was in the right place at the right time. Um, but I really think more of what I've learned, well, so, sorry, earlier in my career, I was learning the details of how to develop things, right? And that True. never stops in our business, probably anyone's business, but there's always something new, which is what makes it really exciting. Um, but I think 
after a period of time, I started to realize that I needed to focus more on my career, not just my job. And I started realizing more the value of building a network. Yeah. And this is such a relationship business. Um, you know, like we were talking about it, good or bad, if people know my husband, usually good. He's a lot nicer than I am. <laughs> but um, <laughs> are you listening, Matt Brisson? Um I think she, that she having those, the, those She wants to go skills, on a trip, Matt. Yeah, I know. I want to go on a trip. Um, I think understanding those skills and how they relate is really important because, yeah. you know, I'm never, I'm not the architect. I'm not the attorney. I'm not the contractor. I'm not the broker. I'm the person that is making sure everyone knows who has the ball, what they're when they're passing it off, who they're passing it to, what they're doing with it. And I need to know enough about all those things to make sure that it all comes together. And that takes, back to the psychology question, that takes more people skills than anything else. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. you yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you can relate, right? Yeah. Like, you know, doing what you do, you've got a lot of people that you have to, uh, Amy likes to use the word cajole which Ooh. is her version of harassing, but it sounds a lot nicer. Um, and, and I would agree with that. It's it's really just how do you keep people motivated? And, you know, there's so much value in that. That's not what you learn in school. That's not what you're going to learn from a book. It's no. what you learn from watching other people and paying attention to what they're doing and looking at the people that you aspire to be like and figuring out what's working for them and not stalking them, but, you know, trying Close. to figure out how you can learn. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go back to, well, not, not go back to, uh, on the networking side, we, you know, we have people on every week and we keep bringing up a lot of the same networking groups, I would say, formal and informal. Mm -hmm. um, in your space, what have been the most advantageous or I would call it like, like advocacy type groups that you can um, suggest for specific to your industry as far as commercial real estate yeah. development, things like that. Is it NAOP or what else do you have outside of ULI? Well, oh yeah, I'm like, since I'm the chair of ULI, if I didn't say ULI, I'd yeah. probably get fired. <laughs> so um, I already I'm, did a couple I'm times, say, so you're good. <laughs> I'm going to say that one. Um, honestly, you know, that has been, a, had a big impact on my career because early on I met some people that have just been really good advocates for me. And you mm -hmm. use the word advocacy, and I think of it on the personal level, not as much the um, industry, or, yeah. uh, organizational level. Because, you know, we talk so much about mentors and needing to have people that are going to help teach you what you need to learn and, and how to navigate the industry. But I think having advocates and sponsors is even more important because those are the people that are going to go out on a limb and say, hey, I want you to meet Heather. I think she would be helpful for whatever yeah. you're doing or introducing you to people. And, you know, I've been really fortunate to have a few good ones. Is there any you want to mention on the air? Uh, well, Steve Laterra, who also happens to be um, my husband's boss now, which that's how everything comes full circle. That's not why I'm mentioning him, but I met him no, no, yeah. right when I joined ULI. And um, I think he was the chair or soon to be chair then. And, you know, he's just been like, hey, I want you to go meet these people and been a huge, um, a huge advocate. And I would also say Deb Sydenham, who is the executive director of ULI. I mean, she's the one that introduced me and Amy. So I have to give her props, oh. right? Um, so, you know, I just, I think that kind of stuff is really, really important. But we do occasionally go to um, some of the other industry group events. And I mean, I think they all have their own niche. And they're all bringing people together and educating us, bringing, providing networking opportunities. You know, I've 
spoken at AZ Crew events, been to NAOP events. Oh, yeah. You know, there there are so many, and you know, they, it's kind of like we could go breakfast, lunch, dinner every day yeah. to something and just exhaust ourselves. I don't have that much time, but uh, I, you know, lots of opportunities. Um, was there was there a significant achievement or event in your in your tenure that really? either changed you or changed your philosophy of going from an employee to an entrepreneur? Yeah. Can you tell the story? Exactly. I, I absolutely can. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a sad story, actually, and I, I tell it a lot to okay. people when I'm, you know, speaking or whatever. But, you know, I mentioned there were three partners at Evergreen. Yep. Um, two of them, um, Bruce Pomeroy and Andy Skipper from California. And Greg Alpert was um, the Phoenix guy. He was a fellow wildcat. Um, you know, I really connected with him. He had kids at the same school as mine, you know, lives over in the neighborhood by me. And uh, 2010, he was jogging on the canal and had a heart attack and died. And it was this huge shock, like a complete shock. You know, at the time, I definitely was under 40 at that time. It was not, <laughs> it was not a regular occurrence for me no. to have people that I knew and cared yeah. about dying. And you know, we got together as a principal team at Evergreen and and said, okay, everyone needs to join an industry group because he was kind of the face here in Arizona. And then we also had to get together and try to figure out like, what was he working on and who's going to pick that up and move forward, right? And that, for whatever reason, left me kind of contemplating like, okay, if something happened to me, would there be a list? <laughs> like, would yeah. I matter? And, you know, everyone matters. So there's an obvious answer, but it really made me start to think harder about what I wanted from my career and, you know, like have it, have it mean more. And, and like I said, I was super lucky to be at Evergreen. Like what a great place to start did you out. Did, no, did you know Amy at the time? I did not. That okay. was, yeah, that was before I met Amy. Okay. Okay. And so it just kind of started, you know, the wheels turning a little bit about, um, ultimately I think I want to do something more entrepreneurial and, you know, feel like, um, it's because of me, you know, like I'm doing it. Not, not that that was a big company at Evergreen where I was like a cog in a wheel. I absolutely was not, but, um, you know, sure. So, famous last. No, no, no. <laughs> it it was a kidding. small company and, and like I started when it was really small. So it was, yeah. it was really was like a family, but, um, I just, that was the thing. And, you know, like I said, sad story. I, you know, just saw Greg's wife the other day oh. at an event and gave her a big hug. And, you know, it's just like one of those things that, happens and you you know have to figure out how to move on not not to speak in in the past or look at the the negativity or sadness out of that but out of that then do did you see if you have you been an advocate or kind of an ambassador if you will to the succession planning and, and getting that story out there yeah and if so uh, I, I guess, like, how have you and Amy even approached it with your own venture? No pun intended. Yeah. I didn't realize I said that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, um, look at subliminal so, marketing by Heather. Yeah, right. I'm just trying not to say the one word you told me not to say. Okay. So. so just say uh, 2020. 2020. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think when Amy and I started, we didn't really know how big or small or which direction we wanted to go. We just right. knew we, you know, like I said, we met through ULI um, 
And then a few years after that, or I don't remember exactly when we worked on some committees together. So I chaired mm. the Trends Day Committee and she was one of the co-chairs. And we realized that we really loved working together and that's kind of how this was born. But someone asked me the other day, like, did you date before you got married? And I'm like, we kind of didn't. We kind of just oh. started. And, um, and we're like, we're going to figure this out. We're both hard workers. We um, value relationships. We do what we say we're going to do. We're going to we're going to figure this out. And so we've talked about growing it and kind of figuring out the succession. And right now we're at a place where we're like, we really just enjoy that we don't have to deal with dress codes and like <laughs> performance issues. And so it, we may change it. Do as you we put go each other along. on pips. Hey, yeah, yeah. Amy, you're, you're screwing like, you up screwed this up week. today. You really <laughs> screwed up. No, it's just it's kind of nice, like to feel like we're focusing on the work yeah. instead of all that other stuff. And you know, there's huge value in in scaling and having a bigger company. But I think for us, we're, we really just like doing the work, and we want to be able to do more of that and not be dealing with all the other behind the scenes stuff. Where was Amy before? Um, so right before she was at Peterson Group. Okay. When we started. But she did do a stint at Evergreen after I left. That's okay. Um, coincidentally, so that that was kind of fun. What um, uh, what do you do for? What do you see out there? What, how, how do you and Amy believe in like continuous professional and personal development? What What are you guys doing? Um, I mean, I'm a big book reader. Like, okay. I just like I, that's kind of how I zen out a little bit to just turn off the you know loud kids and dogs and whatever so um i i love just kind of getting books about different self-help things and industry things um, we participate in a little ad hoc book club every so cool. often with some of our other industry friends and kind of share stories that we've read and kind of what we've gleaned from them I really like that. I also really think, you know, like we were talking about before, you kind of have to just see what um, other people are doing that you think they're doing well and figure out how to learn from them. And I would say some of our friend group now, it, they're all people like that, that, you know, we met through ULI and, you know, some sometimes people you you meet and you're like, we're never going to do work together, probably just where, what we're doing. But we have this connection. Yeah. And you're like, wow, you're really impressive. You know, I'd say Tammy Carr, it, as um, a friend of mine like that, I remember meeting her and I was, you know, I, we got coffee. And I think she was even just talking about like planning her son's birthday. And I went home and I'm like, wow, I feel like such a loser. <laughs> you know, she's just like so on top of things. And we would go I on hikes it. and uh. she would talk about, you know, how she was doing strategy for winning work and stuff and i'm like i just love that and so it, it really is the the saying the five people you spend the most time with you know so i think just surrounding yourself with other top performers is really a game changer oh, i couldn't agree more um I, I don't think anyone that's sat in that chair would say anything less than that and and do you find okay so here's one as we're maturing <clears throat> we're maturing okay um, am i over 40 now is it is it getting easier or harder to do that? Um, I'm in kind of the space right now where my two younger kids are just in a million activities. Yeah, so it's so just time commitment. It is, it is a little yeah. bit harder, but, uh, you know, Amy and I hosted an event a few months ago about what we called, we called it modern networking, but just kind of oh. like it started from that same group of us doing hikes and trips together and, and we, you know, keep inviting new people. And it really was about, I don't have four hours to go golf yep. 
and I don't really know how, so it would be I would need like a Xanax before or something, so I wouldn't embarrass myself. And um, I don't have time to exercise sometimes, so I was like, oh, what if we go on a hike? It's shorter, it's cheaper, it's fast, it, it's uh, yeah. faster and less expensive. I'm getting exercise, like it's all the things, you know. So I think I try and just cram a bunch of stuff into one. I like that. I can relate to that too, by the way. The golfing. Well, no, no, no. I actually like golf. <laughs> I was like, oh, I meant the cramming thing. Oh, yeah. It's like just Who's how. I, how do you? Because I was just with someone, and he was. It was a guy, and he was talking about all, all the, how he works out. And I'm like, I, I don't work out. Like, I don't have time. And like, oh, you got to make time. I'm like, I, I do my, I do my, my walk, my podcasting, and and take care of the dog. So it's a three for one. Right? There you go. Yeah. You know, it's the same. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I, I'm lucky. I, I only have one kid left in high school, so I have no excuse other than. I'm maybe just married to my job too much, right? Yeah, but you want to you want to be there for yeah. those moments with yep. them, and you know it is hard sometimes. You have to make choices, and you have to figure out how you can do everything. Carpools are a godsend, right? Yeah. I have a lot of friends that you know help me out, or I help them out, and when there's a time that it works for me to do the carpool or take the kids or whatever I need to do, then I'm all in. Like I, I want to do that because I feel like I'm relying on 10,000 other people to help me through the day. But There comes a time when dreams become a reality, when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from, and we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. Let's go back to, um, if you don't mind, um, this may get a little yeah. personal, but I, people are always, the, the listeners in the context of, of, of why we do Mac and Blue is to kind of build the future, pay it forward mm-hmm. for people to have an inspiration to be entrepreneurial and, and believe in, them, in themselves to be successful. So if I go back to you getting featured in Phoenix Business Journal, naturally there was a Q&A portion, you know, you get featured and they ask you all these questions and things like that. I kind of know how it works. And uh, I am curious, though, what you found out about yourself that you'd love to share with the audience, if you don't mind, of oh. of what was cool and kind of, and you can brag, you know, brag a little bit. Like, what did you find that you were proud about? And then what did you find out that you're like, wow, I want to work more on? I think the, I think the yeah. people would love to know that. Well, um, I don't know if I'm going to answer this exactly the way you intended, Hi. but I brought my oldest son, Blake, is a senior at ASU. Oh, cool. And I brought him to the dinner for the most admired leaders you know i'm like oh he can come yeah like dress up and hang out and uh dr crow was there because oh, his yeah. wife was getting like a um s- special award i don't remember what it was but she well, yeah she's, she's been featured a lot lately yeah, too. it yeah. was it was really cool listening to her but i think just seeing him be like oh maybe my mom 
is not quite as annoying. Like she's in the same room as Dr. Crow, you know? And I think that was kind of cool. Like, I'm like, oh, I need to figure out the select times to bring my kids around things instead of me telling them, you know, things. First then, of all, what's a wildcat allowing the I child know. to- I know, oh on, my God, it, it Are you horrible. one of those? Are you one of those families that has all the, 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 the bipolar stickers on the back of your no, car? No, <laughs> Matt went to U of A, but my ex-husband, Blake's dad, went to ASU. So oh, I lost okay. that battle a long time oh, ago. And I was like, You're one of those. <laughs> but um, I do have to say, uh, yeah, he's studying industrial engineering. Okay, and, I, li- I like um, him already. I think <laughs> ASU is a great place for him. So if any of the listeners have connections, they can uh, tell me I'll connect him with Blake over the holidays. But um, yeah, I'm proud of him. So I think that was really neat to see um, like, like what we were talking about yeah. before, how hard it is when you're a working parent to find time to do all these things and then being like, okay, coming full circle and you know, bringing him to that event to see all these people winning awards and a couple of them that he recognized, mm-hmm. right? Um, in terms of what I've learned, uh, this is funny, but I hated having to do the little video thing. Like I hate this, the whole videos. Oh, I'm like probably sweaty and blinking awkwardly or something. But um, yeah, I was like, maybe I should take a class. I don't know. <laughs> so I did not enjoy that. But um, yeah, I loved going to the event and you know meeting all the other um, honorees. Well, let's let's okay. So let's go there. You're you're around a bunch of other really cool, smart, um, go getter people, and everyone has a story. What were the takeaways being around that group that that evening? Um, again, just you know who you're surrounding yourself by. But I felt like there was a a big trend towards community and oh. kind of giving back, which was not surprising. Right. But was very nice just to see, hey, these people, you know, no one was standing up there talking about how much money no. they made. Right. Never. And I think at that event, they gave us like four questions and they were going to ask us one of the questions. I think one was like a mistake you made or, you know, what you're most proud of, the kind of typical things. But it was really neat to see people talking, people that you see as, oh, wow, this is this impressive professional you know, person talking about their family, talking about community, talking about making a difference. Those were things yeah. that you're, it's inspiring. It feels good too. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, going back a little work wise with, with Evolve, where, what are you in, what's your industry and what are you and Amy struggling with the most out there right now? What are your biggest encumbrances and challenges with, with you as individuals and now mm-hmm. you with what evolve is involved in sorry that was a That's tongue a twister yeah we work on that um i think in terms of challenges you know one is definitely we both have kids at home and we both want to be all things to all people and so sometimes um we have to work on saying no a little bit and that's hard because um you don't want to. We no. we want to we want to do all the things. You know, it, it's obviously a little bit of a crazy time right now with the debt markets and construction costs, yeah. and so you know we do have some clients that are needing to look at things in different ways. Um, I think things are taking longer. Um, I I know things are taking longer. So sometimes you know just projects we intended to be done by a certain point before we start on the next one that there's more overlap there. But I also feel like we're building better relationships with our clients through the process because I think they can really see how much we care about what we're doing and finding the best solution for them given the circumstances and what they're dealing with. And I think having that ownership mindset is comforting because 
you know, we're, we're not just sitting, hey, we're going to keep going so we can, you know, bill more hours or something like True. we're really looking at like, okay, if this was our project, here's how we would be working on it. And as much as I want to help you, like, I don't know if you're going to get through this hurdle. I think it would be better for you to go try to find a different site. Yeah, say no. Uh, <laughs> we could probably spend an hour on that alone. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, I, I think it's funny, and if I can just take a tangent here, whether it's myself, you, or anyone that gets in this chair, it seems when we're younger, we we we, we don't know what that means, right? And now, as uh, hopefully we're maturing, hopefully mm -hmm. we understand ourselves better. The no is actually almost a. I don't even know how to describe it. I know there's all sorts of different um, sayings for it, but it, it's like the new yes. It's like saying yeah. no. Sometimes you get a better respect from. I think people do respect it, yeah. right? Because you know you don't. Not that people are all out to take advantage, no. but you know sometimes it's easy to just just keep going back to the same people. And when you do a good job at something, someone's like, "Oh, okay, I'm just going to ask you again." And you know, I've started realizing like with some of the things for the kids' schools and kind of the extracurricular mm. things, I want to spend the time where I'm actually spending time with them not on the stuff where, you know, maybe before I would have been like, oh, I'll pick this other thing because I can do it at night when everyone's asleep. Now I'm like, hey, we only have a few more years with them at home. Like I want to do things where where we're all together. And even if that means more time, it's better time. Yeah. Go back to the, um, and you might not have an answer, but um, back to kind of the, the civic duty or the community type thing. Is there anything, whether... It's you and Amy or uh, in your network that you're seeing that, again, the audience would be interested to hear about as far as how they can get involved or any trends that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. um, because I think we all get kind of myopic in, in our own little world as far as that community-based thing. And I, I, I want to use this as a platform to share those kind of things for the yeah. community. Well, it, it's interesting because I was actually rather surprised that I won um, or was it honored as the most admired leader because I feel like a lot of the people that win those are involved in really high profile charity organizations oh. like on the board of Make-A-Wish or Sons Charities or something like that that um, I would love to do but it's just hard right now and I spend a lot of time but doing a bunch of little things you know right. one kid does boys team charity and you know there's the PTO and all those all those little things like I'm spending all that time but just in a different way and sometimes then it's not as visible great um so i think that would be my advice is don't feel like you can't do something because you don't have time to be on this big board putting putting on a ball where you have to go to meetings and stuff all the time like you can do Lots little of things. little things. Yeah, great. And there are so many fun organizations that I've gotten to be involved with through the boys team charity, like Feed My Starving Children and St. Mary's Food Bank, Love Pup. I think I'm going there tomorrow night with mm. my son. And you just can go and do something for a few hours and feel like you made a difference. And then if it's something you really like, you could always sign up to volunteer there more regularly. But it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can be on your time. What um, your involvement with ULI, are there any uh, initiatives or kind of strategic things you guys are doing? Because, I mean, that's national, but yeah. um, could you talk about, because you have such a heavy involvement here with your role, mm -hmm. um, is there anything specific to Phoenix or, or Arizona that you'd like to share? Well, ULI has three 
big priorities right now. One is around housing, duh. Um, One's around net zero, and one's around educating the next you know, group of diverse leaders. Okay. So it's all big meaty stuff that yeah, sometimes- It is pretty meaty, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not like I think, oh, I'm gonna go solve all these things. But it, to me, is really around bringing people to the table to have conversations. Okay. And ultimately, you know, again, back to the charity thing, like keep moving forward in little steps and don't be discouraged if you don't have the answer right away. And I think to me, my, you know, my main focus with ULI is just on the member experience, because I feel like these, all of these groups are member driven. And how awesome is it when people can join and find some of the things that I found, find those advocates and sponsors and leadership opportunities, and, you know, not just join and write a check and then never go do anything. Yeah. And so I really want people to get something out of the experience. And I know they already are. I just want to keep that momentum. And and sometimes it's hard because you, you know, grow your membership. You can't just put everyone on a committee, but really getting to know people and trying to find a way that they can feel like they're um, improving and making a difference. Is the, um, switching gears again, the interested to hear your take and perspective on the next few years in the commercial real estate market, quote unquote. Oh, crystal ball time? Well, not like any proprietary secrets, but just is, are there any changes coming in the organizational behavior of the industry or how... Like here, I'll, I'll, how about I take the lead? I'll yeah. say that as a construction guy, I see that M&A is happening all the time because mm-hmm. they're not creating any more of us. So you're seeing huge M&A type stuff, um, right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm curious, how does that landscape mm. look in your world compared to like us as, because you're even seeing it on the engineers and architectural side as well because of with the advances of AI. I mean, I know there's going to be some listeners that are yeah. p- pissed because you know, there's some architectural and engineering jobs that they're gone. They're gone because AI is going to take take over. Yeah, it's crazy. But that doesn't mean that there's there's other new positions on on the AI side that will will need to be created both in the A and E and construction market. But in your world, from either the broker side, all those kind of things, um, I've never had anyone really peel that onion back and say, "Hey, this JJ, tell the audience this. This is how things are going to look in a few years." Yeah. I mean, that question could go a million different ways. I think one thing that's standing out to me is the need to really focus on relationships. Okay. Um, I I don't disagree with you that there are going to be some changes because there are a lot of things are getting automated. And um, in many ways, that there will be a lot of good that comes from it too. Okay. But I think having the ability to... Um, bring that human element to it is even more important. And that's going to, you know, the the um, best people are still going to last in the industry and stick around because, <laughs> that's true. you know, it, it's like how many times do you need something and you're like, I just need to talk to someone about it, right? I need to talk to a smart, capable person no that bot, wants no, yeah, to help no, me. No bot's going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I think that part's really interesting. Um I feel like everyone is so busy right now. I I think in some some ways over the next probably more year, um, maybe there will be a little bit of a lull in what they're doing that kind of can give people a little breath. Mm-hmm. Um, just it, it's hard even with, with new projects, you're like, who do you call on things? Because I think people are still so busy from the stuff that they're finishing up from 
before yeah you can say 2020 yeah <laughs> before 20 good job heather yes <laughs> Uh, she, that, you know, she didn't it, say the c word. They have it. <laughs> You're giving them so many hints now. Um, there, there are people that haven't caught their breath for a long time, and then there are other people that are like, do do do. You know, when, when are we <laughs> going to see new sites? But you know, I think stuff's happening. It's just people are being a little more cautious. L- let me ask you uh, that question differently. Let me get more granular. Okay. Um, again, I'm trying to do it for the audience' sake. Is that are there certain asset classes that you're seeing that are, you know, down here that are re- reclassifying, capital's looking at them differently? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, let's be honest. Let's look at a hard corner. Yeah. A hard corner CVS repurposing. I'm like, like I drove by with the one the other day and I went, wow, they converted that to X, Y, and Z. I'm like, that's ingenious. Yeah. Are, are you seeing a change in that kind of stuff? Or for instance, I've heard people say that flex space is really hard to get, whereas class A office is easy. You know, the prices might now be right, but at least the yeah. availability. Yeah. If you so, want office right now, I think you'll be able to find some. Yeah. <laughs> Just but saying. flex is hard. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I was talking to someone recently about what opportunities exist to build new space with a little more flexibility in mind. Mm. You know, there maybe there's something that right now there's not demand for office, but could you build it so that it could be used as housing and then converted? in the future or vice versa, you know, so I, that's where I see, like, I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but I think there is some flexibility that needs to be right. thought through. And I know there are a lot of the big architectural firms that are working through that. Well, you're definitely hearing back to your ULI stuff. I, I don't, I'm by no means an expert, but it seems like in that world, I am hearing about repurposing of, of commercial to kind of more of a flex residential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and then maybe that appeals to a, a, a different generation and a demographic. We, you know, we understand it like a WeWork type space where you live over here and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, I think you're seeing some some influx of that. Yeah, and I mean, like multifamily, I think is is a, a little. I wouldn't say struggling, but you know, some of the economic events have <laughs> have hurt that recently right but there's still such demand so it's about tweaking i'm hearing a lot of the multifamily developers looking at how do they build more attainable product Mm -hmm. cost effectively right because you can't just go build the same thing and then not rent it for as much (laughs) you're not going to make any money and so that's not going anywhere but i think people are trying to look at how they can do things in a way that um, they can meet the demand but kind of change up how it's being built. And mm. I think that those conversations need to involve city officials. We, you know, we really need to look at, hey, if we're going to solve some of these problems, we need to be thinking with flexibility in mind, with creativity in mind, more so than we have in the past. There comes a time when dreams become a reality, when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from, and we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time.
uh oh, I'm now now I'm afraid. You're pausing. You're looking for a really hard question. No, I wasn't looking for a hard one. I was trying to think of. You made the comment about uh, again. I'm trying to mix what you and Amy own as a business with your role of ULI and what you talked about the, with the municipalities. And as you probably are aware, we've had a lot of economic development people on here, mm -hmm. a lot of city people on this podcast. And I'm just curious if, if there's anything out of that blend, other than of course the relationships, which I agree yeah. with Heather, but is there anything that in that mix when you put on those, cause you get to wear all three hats. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you've seen that you would like to share with the audience? Um, that you, you just feel like it, people need to understand in their relationship at, 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 on that three-legged stool. Yeah. And I know I'm searching kind of deep here, but I'm like, no, I it. get it. Heather's got this unique perspective of like, how what's in her brain when she gets those three those three yeah. entities in the same room? Well, and I think you know that goes back to the translator comment earlier, yeah, right? Probably a little bit. Say, there you know, we go. <laughs> wait. Um, but I think you know, cities have codes for a reason. We can't just have everything be developed willy nilly. But then things are changing, and sometimes those codes don't get updated as quickly. It's not not because no one cares or no one's looking at it, it's just how do you right. factor that in when those same people are also trying to review a million applications and deal with us calling them and tracking everything. And they're short-staffed like everybody else. And they're short-staffed. Yeah. And so I think that's where, you know, there are a lot of very good um, economic development teams that are like, hey, let's try and push the needle and think through this. And and frankly, you know, some of them have reached out to us for input, mm. which we love because we we want to find the win-win. Like we're not t trying to shove the square peg in the round hole, but some you know compromise. Right? Mm -hmm. You've got to look at how how can we adjust what this project is. And from the city side, okay, we don't want to violate these rules, but we want to think through how we can make them apply here to bring you what you really want. So example, um, and I'm not currently really working on any attainable or affordable housing projects, but there's this huge need for it, mm -hmm. right? Like everyone's talking about it. It's not a surprise. We need it. But there are a lot of rules that make it harder to do. And so... You know, Agreed. that's something that everyone needs to work on as a team. And we and we shouldn't be telling one group, oh, city, you got to go fix this. Or, oh, developer, you bring all the money to fix it. We've got to yeah. got to think of it as a team. What um, uh, maybe I asked this earlier and we got sidetracked. What and I, again, I'm going to get caught in the pun. But yes. what with Evolve Ventures is going to evolve? In other words, what are you and Amy? Yeah. What, what do you want? What do you want Evolve to look like, going for, going forward? Um, well, like I mentioned, we started out intentionally doing consulting mm -hmm. because we wanted to have you know a, a revenue stream that was that's recurring. a novel concept. <laughs> a revenue stream. We wanted a recurring revenue stream. Whereas if you're in the development business, for the most part, you're not getting paid until the project is done and you've sold it. Exactly. We do have a couple um, small info multi multifamily projects that we're oh, working on, and nice. we would like to do more um, small development projects or investments in the future. So ultimately, we've got Evolve Ventures, which is the consulting arm, and then we've got Evolve Investments and Evolve Development for those other pieces of our business. And just kind of layering them in, I feel like, but we don't want to just do it to do it. We want to wait until we find the right things. And having the consulting arm to kind of ground us and launch has been really helpful to 
to well, it's a tremendous catalyst for your relationships mm-hmm. too yeah. yeah and it keeps us involved in yeah. what's going on in the in the industry in the community all right what um what haven't i asked you that you wish i would have oh gosh i don't know i'm i uh, or what, what are you dying to share about what am e- i dying to share either about what you're doing what you're working on e- yeah your company anything? well um yeah i mean I feel like I started my career doing a lot of single tenant retail and um, it was, you know, even if you're working with the same client over and over, there's something new every time. But I feel like we're working on some really fun projects right now. I mean, Cannon Beach is one that I know you guys are working on. Um, My kids are so excited. They did the, when you guys did the first half of the wave lagoon last summer and i took them out there and they were jazzed and they keep asking me like mom when is that coming and i'm texting cole hey just so you know you've got you know cole's trying he's trying (laughs) you got some people that are ready to come out there um so you know that project is is really exciting we're working on goodyear civic square and the west valley and um some fun new things happening in vistancia um, just it, it's really neat to be part of these big projects where the, I think the best part of our business is that you can drive by and be like, I worked on that. Yeah. Right. Like you actually see something that you did. And um, that part's really fun. Well, everyone, you know, that's the proverbial question is like, why we always get it as construction people. Yeah. Hey, why, why, why that? Why that industry? And I'm like, because we can do that. We can yeah. drive by and go, we worked on that. We worked on that. There's all sorts of memes out there that just crack me up. You know, the, the oh, yeah. I, the, then they're always usually the trade guys and the trade gals. Oh, yeah, you know, back in whatever. I Dad was the guy that did that and did that. And then, and then the kids always chime in, yeah, whatever, Dad. You yeah. do squat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Boomer. That's what they say, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, if you don't have anything else, then uh, this was a great summary and, uh, and uh, just really thank you for sharing uh, your insight on, on kind of your leadership and everything related to your industry, but but more importantly, the, the networking and the professionalism because yeah, I was so nice awesome. to see you featured in, in the Phoenix Business thank Journal. You. And I was like, oh, we got to get Heather on here because I know a lot of people in the community know you. It's yeah. I always kid that as a transplant that only, has only been here a little over 10 years in the Valley. Where, where are you from? Uh, the upper Midwest. Oh, okay. But the connections here in, in Arizona, it feels like the largest small town in America. Well, everyone's from somewhere else right. here, so it's like... It, we're all in the same boat, yeah, you know. Every time there's someone sitting in this chair yeah. out in our in our fraternity and sororities, it's just like, oh, forget six degrees of separation. It's more like two. two. Or oh one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming yeah. on today, Thank Heather. Thank you. This was so fun. You've been listening to the Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to the Mac and Blue podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow JJ Levensky on LinkedIn and Instagram. Tune in every Monday 